I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your people. Thank you for the spirit of God who's here to teach us, to lead us and guide us into all truth. And I step back so the spirit of God can use me to articulate the things that you have for us. And I pray that every one of us, when we leave this place, we will leave spiritually fed. And Lord, whatever it is that you have in store, I thank you for the Spirit of God revealing and unveiling the things that he has for us. And I take authority over any distractions or anything the enemy would try to use to keep us from focusing on what you have for us today. And I thank you for signs, miracles, and wonders following our lives as a result of the word today. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated today. Well, last week I started a new series entitled Harvest Time is Here. Everybody say Harvest Time is Here. Harvest Time is Here. And I want to declare to you that increase is traveling in your direction. Come on, everybody say increase is traveling in my direction. Increase is traveling in your direction. So what I want to do, I have a testimony that lines up with the series that I'm teaching. And let me just warn you in advance, when I, whatever I believe God puts on my heart to teach our church, you will see it beginning to manifest. So even if you can't see increase or harvest coming into your life, if you will just believe what I'm teaching, and I'm going to teach you out of the word, you will begin to see harvest show up in your life. So this is a testimony that I received. It says, hey, Pastor Dad. How many know I got several titles? I got all kinds of titles. Hey, Pastor Dad, good news. I just got offered a position with the city of Dallas. The funny thing is I applied and interviewed for a supervisor position and a manager position for the same department. When they called to offer the job, they offered me both positions and told me to choose. That sounds like harvest time, don't it? I mean, they gave her an option, and she said, uh, with hands down, I was the top contender for both positions, and of course I chose the manager's position and it exceeded my expectations in pay. It was 11000 over what I was thinking. Amen. Amen. Someone give the Lord a hand clap for that right there. So they go on to say, I'm coming home. I'm so excited. And, uh, and uh, this is a person who was a member of our church. They had to move away, I think, to, to take care of some family things. And uh, was looking for an opportunity to move back to Texas. How many know God will give you the desires of your heart? Amen. Amen. So they will be coming back, praise the Lord, with a, a job paying $11,000 more. Amen. 
So I said on last week, you know, when I started this teaching, I'm assuming, everybody say he's assuming. I'm assuming that you have seed in the ground and you are keeping seed in the ground because the only way that a farmer is going to get a harvest, he has to have or she has to have seed in the ground. Can you say amen to that? All right. So this week it was interesting as we were having staff meeting, I said to my staff that most people want a handout, not a harvest. Now look at your neighbor and say, I think he's talking to you right there. I think he's talking to you. Yeah, go ahead and type it in the comment section. Just go ahead and type, he's talking to me. Yeah, most people, they don't want a harvest. They want a handout. See, a handout requires very little to no effort. In fact, the handout only takes you just asking. But see, a harvest requires effort. Everybody say a harvest requires effort. Because it's going to cost you some time. A harvest is going to cost you some energy. It's going to cost you some effort. And it is definitely going to cost you some seed. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a small review from last week. And then we're going to jump into today's lesson. So last week, I gave a very important principle that will definitely help you to produce harvest in your life. Because I'm talking about harvest time. And so there are principles. Say principles. There are principles in God's Word that are constant. That means that there are things that He's outlined in His Word that if we will do them, we will see the manifestation of them. And so there was a principle that I introduced on last week that I know will help produce harvest in your life. It's found in Matthew chapter 8. We're going to look at verse 5. I'm reading out of the King James Version. They're going to put the the verse on the screen or you should see it uh, on your Uh, digital screen it says and when jesus was entered into capernaum there came to him a centurion beseeching him or begging him or asking him and saying lord my servant lies at home sick of the palsy grievously tormented verse 7 jesus said to him i will come and do what heal him verse 8 the centurion answered and said lord I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. But watch what he says. I want you to read this with me. But speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Now I want you to notice what that verse did not say. As you read the Bible, don't just read what it says, but also look at what it's not saying. So let me explain what that verse did not say. It did not say, he said, speak the word. That's not what it said. It said, speak the word. Come on, church. It said, speak the word. Come on, church. Somebody speak the word. So there's a difference between speaking the word and speaking the word only. And see, many people speak the word. You post it on Facebook. It's on your Instagram. You got all these verses and you have all these scriptures. But most of the time, most people never see, listen, spiritual acceleration because they're not speaking the word only. They're speaking all kind of stuff. They speak in the word, then they speak in some doubt. They speak in some unbelief. They're speaking crazy stuff. They're just talking. But notice he said, speak the word only and then i want you to notice what happens when you speak the word only he said my servant's going to be healed 
So what does that mean, church? That means when you and I speak the word only, we will see the manifestation of what that word is. So if you want healing, speak the word. Come on, church. If you want prosperity, speak the word. If you want to, uh, uh, you want to get married, speak the word. You say, well, pastor, I've been speaking the word. No, you haven't. What you've been saying is, where they at? That's not the word. Now, I want you to notice something in verse 10. Because Jesus was marveled by what this man said. Do you know it takes a lot of marveling to marvel Jesus? That's three words, marveling. It takes a lot of marvel. And you made Jesus marvel? Well, let's see what made Jesus marvel. Verse 10. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that follow, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. So church, what, how do you have great faith? It's right here. You have great faith when you speak the word. Come on, church. So many of us, we don't see manifestation because we're not speaking the word only. And here's what I like. If this marveled Jesus, all I have to do, all you have to do is start speaking the word only. So while everybody else is speaking unbelief, you can't afford that. Well, you know they laying off now. They're, they're, they they downsizing. Well, you downsizing. I'm upsizing. Well, how you doing? I heard they laying off in your department. How am I doing? I'm better than ever. He said, well, Pastor, I don't know about that. Well, see, that's the problem. You're not convinced that the word only will resolve whatever issue you got going on. So when you reach a point where all you need and all you do is speak the word only, your life will change at that point. Amen. Now listen to this because I've discovered when you speak the word only, manifestation occurs in an accelerated way. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. We're going to see this principle and then we're going to jump into the, uh, the lesson today. This is not the lesson. This is just the introduction. Notice it says here in verse uh, 8. This book of the law or the word of God shall not depart from what? Your mouth. He said, listen, speak the word only. He says and when you don't let it come out, let it come out of your mouth continually. Meditate in it day and night. Observe to do what's written. He says, when you do that, when you speak the word only, then you will make your way prosperous and then, church, you will have good success. So let me point something out to you. Head knowledge gives you education. Most people have education. Most people have, you know, a lot of people have more degrees than, than thermometers. I mean, it's just, they, they got a lot of them, right? Head knowledge gives you education. 
Heart knowledge gives you revelation, but mouth knowledge gives you manifestation. I'm going to say that again. Head knowledge gives you education. Heart knowledge gives you revelation. But mouth knowledge gives you manifestation. You say, well, Pastor, what do you mean by that? Because you and I are going to have what we say, not what we want. Unless what you say or what you want is what you say, you're not going to get what you want. And that's the problem. What we want is not what we're saying. Amen. You don't have what you want. You have what you say. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. And Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, Jesus says, whosoever, that includes us, shall say to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. He didn't say describe the mountain. It's big. Oh, my God. What am I going to do? No. He didn't say describe the mountain. He said, tell it to be removed. Be cast into the sea. Don't doubt in your heart. But shall believe, watch this now, believe that those things which he won't, that's not what it says. Believe that those things which he what? Say shall come to pass, read it with me, he shall have whatsoever. You're not going to get what you want. Unless what you want is what you're saying. Now, the problem with a lot of people is what they're saying is not what they want. But if they really didn't want it, they shouldn't be saying it. Amen. He goes on to say in verse 24, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire or you want when you pray or let's say it like this or when you say, because when you pray, you say it. You can't say without praying and you can't pray without saying. Right. Okay, so he said, when you pray, whatever you desire, believe you receive them and you should have them. So one of the main points I gave you on last week, because we're talking about harvest, and so I gave you a harvest process, I'm going to go back to them real quick, is when you get paid or when you get, when increase comes your way, the first thing you're going to do is reap. Everybody say reap, and that's when you gather the increase. And then number two, after you reap, you return, say return. That's when you return what belongs to God. Listen, God expects us to uh, return what was his that he gave us. And then number three, we release. That's when we give offering. That's when you give from the heart. God doesn't require a certain amount unless he asks you to do something specifically. But for the most part, the Bible says, let a man purpose in his heart, so let him give. And so after you release, then you're going to reimburse. That means now... Everybody gets paid after that. Let me explain something. This is how we run the church. This is how I run Word of Truth Family Church. The first of the month rolls around. We do not pay bills first. Every church and every ministry that we sow into every month, which we do and we have several, that's three words, several, we do not pay our bills and then give to those ministries. We give to the ministries first and then we pay our bills. You know why I do it that way? Because I believe when you honor the Lord first, God will honor you. So you reimburse. Then you reserve. What is that? You put something aside. You should always say. And then, of course, you remember when God uh, puts it on your heart to be able to bless other people. So if you're taking notes today, our message title is Respect Your Harvest. Respect Your Harvest. And the lesson today is centered around the principle that your mindset determines your management 
and your management determines if you get more. I'm going to say that again. Your mindset determines your management. In other words, how you manage is based on the mindset that you have. But people don't understand this, that once you have a certain mindset, that's going to determine how you manage. But watch this. But how you manage determines if you get more. In other words, God looks at how we handle what we have to determine if we're going to get some more. So here's point number one if you're taking notes. Your future, my future, our future increase is dependent on our present management. I'm going to say that again. Your future increase is dependent on your present management. What am I saying? I'm saying this. You can determine whether or not you're going to get increase in your future by how you're managing what you have right now. Let me ask you a question. How many of you will continue to bless your children with new toys if they tear up the old ones? You're not going to be motivated to give them anymore, right? Well, how we manage our, uh, our present uh, resources determines if we will get future resources. Matthew chapter 25 verse 14 says this, for the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and he delivered his goods. Everybody say his goods. Okay. So this was somebody else's resources. He came and he delivered his goods to them. Verse 15. And to one, he gave five talents and to another, he gave two talents and to another one. To each according to his own ability. So let me say it like this. This man gave these individuals based on their management level. In other words, he only gave them the amount based on how much they could manage. Then verse 16 it says, He who had received five talents went and traded them, and he made another five talents. And likewise, he who received two gained two more. Verse 18. But he who had received one, he went and dug it in the ground, and he hid, read it with me, his Lord's money. Whose money was it? It was the Lord's money. So this guy gets one talent and he digs it in the ground and he hides it. Verse 19. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came to settle accounts with them. Verse 20. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents saying, Lord, you gave me or you delivered to me. How many talents, church? Five talents. He says, look, I have gained five more talents besides them. Okay, so before we read, I want you to see the perspective. His Lord or his boss gives him five talents. He takes those five talents and he uses them to get five additional talents. So how many talents does he have total now? He has ten. So now he presents that to his boss. So now let's look and see what happens. Verse 21. His Lord said to him, well done, good and what? Faithful servant. Watch this. You were faithful over what? A few things. I will make you ruler over what? Now let me ask you a question. What did the boss man give the worker? Some talents, right? So talents. He took those talents and he multiplied them and got five more. But I want you to notice now what the boss rewarded him in return. He didn't just get talents. The scripture says here, he said, the Lord said to him, 
well done. You've been faithful over a few things. Now I'm going to make you over or rule over many things. So he goes from just getting talents back from the, the man to many things. I'll take that any day. See, it's one thing to get back talents. But see, this man said, okay, you've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you now ruler over many. So now, instead of him being rewarded talents, he got a talents, he got a car, he got a house. See, that, those are other things that come in. And see, you have to understand, when you learn the principles of sowing, it opens the door to favor. The Bible says God will cause all grace or favor to abound toward you. So you have to understand, when you sow money, what comes back is bigger than just money. Because there's some things money can't buy. Money can buy you a bread, a bed, but it can't buy you sleep. Come on, it can buy you some medicine, but it can't buy you healing. So this man here turned around and said, I'm going to bless you with many things, but I want you to notice it was dependent on his faithfulness. Look in verse 22. He also who had two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered unto me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents. His Lord said to him, well done, thou good and what? Faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over what? Many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then verse 24, he who had received one talent said, Lord, I knew you were a hard man reaping what you have not sown and gathering what you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Look there, you have what is yours. Verse 26. But his Lord answered and said unto him, You wicked and lazy servant. Because you know God expects you to, to bring back to him more than what he gave you. He called this man wicked and lazy. He says, You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you should have at least deposited my money into Bank of America with the bankers. And when I came back, received my own interest. So take, watch what happened now, because I'm going to show you something. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has more, has, more will be given and he will have abundance. So here's a, here's a principle that you may want to write down. You will lose what you abuse or misuse. I'm going to say that again. You will lose what you abuse or misuse. We just saw it here. This guy did not properly use it. It got took. So let's look at point number two. Because here's the thing. When harvest starts to come, here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get you into a certain mindset that when harvest comes, first of all, you can recognize when harvest comes. Because a lot of times we don't even recognize when harvest comes because all we think is harvest is money. Harvest is not just money. So, number one, you got to realize when the harvest comes, it's not all mine anyway. I need to follow this process. So here's point number two. I won't be or you and I will not be a good owner if we haven't been a good steward. See, many times we, we want to be the boss. But you can't be a good boss if you're not a good worker. Now just look at somebody and say, I think he's talking to you. Look at Luke chapter 16, verse 10. It said, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful in much. Stop. 
You know what that's saying? If I'm faithful over $10, then I'll be faithful over 100 That's saying if I'm faithful over $100, chances are I will be faithful over $500. That's saying that chances are if I'm faithful over $500, then I'll be faithful over $1,000. And so on and so forth. He said he that is faithful in that which is least is also faithful in much. And he that is unjust in, in that which is least is unjust in much. Watch verse 11. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous money, who will commit to your trust the true riches? There is a difference between unrighteous money and what he called true riches. Man, when you reach the true riches level, that means now you have a kingdom mindset in how you're dealing with things. See, when you realize that what you have is not even yours, you function at a different mindset. Amen. I remember one time God told me years ago, he told me to empty all of my accounts. I was not excited when he told me that. Can you imagine? This is back in the day when we didn't have online banking. All you did was call the phone number and you punched in your code and your account information and it gave you your balance and then you listened to it to see which checks cleared and then you scratched that off your list, okay? I know this is foreign to a lot of y'all, but that's how it was back in the day. And the Lord told me to give what was in my checking and savings account. So I didn't know what that was. I, so I tiptoed out of church and I got on the phone and I went through each one. Check 1415 for 20 bucks clear. So I went through all of them to get my real balance because I didn't want the, the, the check, the balance. I'm writing the check, from, you know, to the church and I'm bouncing the check like a bouncing basketball in the name of the Lord told me. So I just added my and got it and I got the, I got the amount. And I gave it. And I'll forget. forget. What you feel is not necessarily what's real. Because at that point I felt broke. I felt it. Down in my soul. So here it is. I'm, I'm feeling broke. And in reality I look broke. But I know the Bible. The Bible says give. And it shall be what? Given unto you. How? Good measure. Press down. Shake it out there. And what? Running over. Shall who? Okay. So now I'm looking for some men now. I'm like. You the man? You the man? You the man? I mean, I'm looking for the man. He said the man was going to get him. And so after church, after church, I'll never forget. One of the members comes up to me. And I was an elder at this church. And this, this member comes up to me and says, Elder Evan, the Lord told me to give you twenty dollars i said well bless god you heard from god you heard from god now give me that check thank you <laughs> they wrote me a check for twenty dollars i was like wow good i can at least eat something today and and at the time my pastor was going somewhere to preach so i was going with him and you know pastor Evan don't know how to cook it's not something I know. I don't even want to learn. I'm too old for that now. So 
I knew, okay, so I was like, okay, $20, what I'm going to do is go get $20 out of the ATM machine, and then I'm going to deposit this $20 check in my account on Monday, because it was Sunday, right? That makes sense. So I go to the ATM machine, and at that point, I knew, okay, we're going to go to Burger King, dollar value meal, $5.00. I can get full off $5. So I go to the ATM machine. I punched in my code and I punched in $10 because, you know, I ain't trying to take all the money out. I need $20. It's going to last me to payday. I think payday was at Thursday. So I punched in 10 but $20 came out. So I was like, I looked at my receipt, you know, because I'm going to make sure now, you know, because it'll tell you how much you took out on the, on the receipt. I looked at the receipt and the receipt said 10 but what came out was a 20. I looked around. So I walked out of that gas station. I was like, "Woo! the Lord is good. The Lord is good. He's good. He's good. I got in the car. And then I thought, I wonder will I do that again? We might as well see if miracles still exist. I went back in the gas station. I went in there. I put my, put my card in. I punched in 10. $20 came out again. I punched in 10. $20 came out again. I just kept punching. 10, 10, 10, 10. Ooh, I left out of there with a whole lot of money. You said, well, Pastor, what'd you do with that money? I, I kept it. What do you what do you ask me that for? What would you do with it? What am I going? How do you explain to a bank? Well, I took out ten, but twenty came out. They don't know it's messed up. Somebody messed up. They put twenties where ten should have been. That is not my fault. Somebody say true riches, true riches, true riches. So listen. He said, verse 13, no servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Watch this, church. You cannot serve God and money. See, you, you need to make up your mind today who you going to obey. So watch this. Here's a take-home thought. Everybody say, hmm. Here's a take-home thought. Your dream will not come to pass until you have helped someone else's vision come to pass. I'm going to say that again and I'm going to explain. Your dream, because we all want a dream. Oh, God, give me a dream. We want to be like Mother Gil. I had a dream. But see, your dream will not come to pass until you have helped someone else's vision Come to pass. Let me explain it. See, Joseph in the Old Testament. Joseph, God gave him a dream. In fact, his dream caused his brothers to hate him. God gave him a dream, but I want you to notice something. When you go back and read the story, Joseph's dream never was fulfilled until he served Pharaoh's vision. And many of us, we want to see our dreams happen. But we ain't serving somebody else's vision. In fact, watch this now. 
uh, this is in Colossians chapter 3. Here's the thing. There's a scripture that says that we're not qualified for our own till we serve somebody else's. And that's the problem. We, we want to jump from the dream to reality when God wants to see how faithful you can be to somebody else's. Because remember, if you're not faithful over little, you will not be faithful over much. If you're not faithful at somebody else's company, you will not be faithful over yours. You're going to be one of those lazy entrepreneurs. You're not an entrepreneur. You're a lazypreneur. Amen. Watch what it says, Colossians 3, because, listen, before I became a pastor, here was my attitude. I'm going to be number one at being number two. See, I don't have to be number one, but I'm going to be number one at being number two. So what does that mean? That means I'm going to be the best at being the position that I'm at. I'm going to be number one at being number two. So guess what? I ain't trying to be number one. That, number one is already existing. What I'm trying to do, though, is I want to make sure that I serve. And this is the problem. Some of you are judging where you served or who you served. And you're saying, well, they didn't do right when I served them. Well, you, you can't see... The problem is you're looking at the fact that you serve them and not the Lord. See, even if you gave money to a church and that church didn't do right, you got to understand that you didn't give the money to the church. You gave the money to the Lord. And because he's the Lord of the harvest, he's going to make sure that whatever reward you get from it, He's rewarding you, Colossians 3.22. I need to hurry up. It says, servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Not with our service of men pleasers, but with singleness of heart, fearing God. Verse 23. And whatsoever, whatsoever, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not to man. Why? Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of your inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Your attitude does make a difference. The amplified version of that verse says, Servants obey in everything those who are currently your earthly masters, not only with, uh, when their eyes are on you as pleasers of men, but in simplicity of purpose with all your heart because of your reverence for the Lord and as a sincere expression of your devotion to Him. Whatever may be your task, work at it heartily from the soul as something done for the Lord and not unto men, knowing with all uh, certainty that it is from the Lord and not from men that you will receive the inheritance which is your reward or real reward. The one whom you are actually serving is the Lord Christ the Messiah. Psalm 75 6 says for promotion comes neither from the east or the west nor from the south but God is the judge. He puts one up and he puts one down. See when you know that God's the boss and that's the one you should be pleasing then you can do it with no attitude. Because, see, some of you all had a bad week because you cussed your manager out in your mind. Oh, I know you. I don't cuss because I'm a Christian. Well, that's fine. But you cussed them out in your mind, though. I wonder who did that this week. Let me put my discernment on. 
when it when the beep slows down, that means I'm getting closer to the person. Okay. Here's point number three. I'm closing right here. What what do I do when harvest time is here? Your mindset must be reset. Your mindset must be reset. Many people inherited it, a poverty mindset from their family, and they didn't know it. But see, in your mind, oh, our family was rich. Yep, they were richly broke. Yep, you're right. We don't know that we inherited some of that. And so in order now for you to perceive when harvest comes, you got to reset your mindset. Because, listen, church, exposure expands your, uh, your capacity to believe. I'm going to say that again. Exposure, say exposure. Exposure expands your capacity to believe. So I'm going to read the verse. I'm going to show you that principle. And then I'm going to give you an example. Genesis chapter 15. This was God talking to Abraham. He says, and after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abraham. I'm your shield. I'm your great reward. But Abraham or Abram said, Lord, what will you give me seeing that I go childless? So how did Abraham see himself? He saw himself childless. Verse 3, then Abram said, look. You have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. In other words, Abraham was saying, hey, Lord, listen, you gave me a promise. You said you were going to bless me with uh, offspring. He says, I don't see that. I'm, I'm childless, verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said, this one, Ishmael, shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Watch verse 5. Then he, God, he brought Abraham outside. And he said to Abraham, I want you to look toward heaven, Abraham, and I want you to count the stars if you're able to number them. Do you see what's happening? He took him outside. He said, listen, God, let me put it in uh, 2021. If Abraham was here, he would say, God, I ain't got no kids. You told me you was going to give me some kids. I ain't got no kids. What you going to do, Lord? And the Bible says he saw himself childish. So what God did, he took him outside. He said, hey, look, I want you to look up at the sky. See all those stars? Evidently it was at night. He said, can you see all those stars? He said, yeah, I can see those. Notice what he says here. He says, look now in heaven. Can you count them? And he says, so shall your descendants be. So he told Abraham, Abraham, listen, I know you see yourself without kids. But I promised you that you were going to have descendants and they were going to come from your body. So, Abraham, what I need you to do now, you see yourself childless. What I need you to do is now see a child as every one of those stars. Can you count them? No. And so watch this. After he showed him the stars and asked him, could he count them? And he says, so shall your descendants be. Watch verse 6. And the Bible says, and he believed. Watch this exposure expanded his ability to believe. The moment he was able to see something bigger than where he was, it expanded his capacity to believe. And when you and I see something bigger, that's why you need exposure. That's why you can't be the biggest thinker in your group. You can't be the person with all the blessings in your group. If you're the person at the top, guess what? You need to change groups. 
Because they, there needs to be somebody that, that's beyond where you are. And so in this case, God showed him something and it expanded. Notice it says, and he believed. Which means that before that, he didn't believe. Well, what made him believe? What made him believe is what he saw. And so church, guess what? You're going to have to, during this harvest season, begin to expand your thinking. So I'm going to share this. I'm about three minutes behind, but I'm going to share this story. And I'm, I'm, I share my personal stories at the risk of being misunderstood. I believe that transparency helps people grow. In other words, they don't just want to hear about what God did in the Bible. It's good if you can show them that you did what God did in the Bible. You, you, you know, you obeyed him and you got to see the blessings, right? And I believe that there are times where I'm going to be transparent and it's at the risk of being misunderstood. But what I also understand is this. The majority of people are going to grow from my transparency and there are going to be about two or three who's going to misunderstand. But you know what? I don't let the two or three who going to misunderstand, stop me from growing the other group. Because the one that's the two or three that don't understand, they didn't want to understand anyway. You ever had people like that? They don't want to help you. You know, people in the drive-thru. Your job is to help me. Why are you giving me a hard time? You picked this job. I didn't pick this job for you. You filled out the application. You chose to wear the uniform. Why are you mad at me? So, I've learned to expand my capacity to believe. So, I'll tell you this real quick. So, before I, you have to understand, I didn't start pastoring until I was 40. Okay, I'm 56. So, that means the majority of my life, I was... My degrees in business, that's what I went to school for. So the majority of my life was that. I didn't think I would be doing this for a living. So when the Lord told me that he wanted me to be a pastor, I was like, okay, well, we're going to have to make a deal on this, God. I said, because you already know me. You already know what I like. Okay, so here's the issue that you're going to have. Because if you want me to be a pastor, I'm not going to change what I like just because I'm a pastor. I mean, that's not right. That's like me saying, telling you to pursue your dream, and then I got, I got to forsake mine. I'm like, no, 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 Lord. I said, so, Lord, you already know I like nice clothes. You already know I, you already know I like that stuff. Look, I was driving nice cars before I was a pastor, so I'm not going to stop because I'm going to worry about what people think. So I was like, no. So listen, so... I remember my first time I saw a Bentley. I didn't even know what it was. I was like, what kind of car is that? I got out of the car, looked at it. I know uh, it was at a gas station too. And, and, and you know, I was in a uh, non-diversified uh, 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 neighborhood. Hopefully you can understand that. So I'm looking at this car. I'm hoping they ain't going to call the police because I'm looking, you know, I'm, I'm like, wow, what is that? So I went home. I checked. I was like, that's a Bentley. I didn't even know what a Bentley was. And so I found a Bentley in a magazine. I liked it. So I cut it out and I put it on my vision board for my life. I'm like, I want that car one day. And I put it up there and that thing was on my vision board for probably, I don't know, 15 years. 
And one day I'm in my house, I'm walking, I can tell you the spot I was in, and this, this inspiring thought comes to me that says, Evan, I can show you how to get that belly without changing your budget. I said, what? I know it was the Lord. I said, show me, Lord. You going to show me how to get a bin and not change my budget? So he gave me this inspiring idea. I said, okay, I need to try that. So I can't remember how many cars I had at the time, but I did have two cars that uh, he told me. He says, if you go refinance those two cars, because when I first got the cars, the interest rates were much higher than where they were the, at that point. So he says, if you refinance those two cars, the money that you're going to save on both of those cars will pay for the Bentley. I said, what? So I went and did it. I did the math. He was right. <laughs> now, at that time, I was visiting my future on the canvas of my imagination in the present. In other words, I didn't have a Bentley. But I had one in my mind. So I would look and see, envision, vision. So I have been looking. If you want, if you want, if you want a new car, there's an app called iccars.com. I, the letter I, S E E dot, dot uh, cars.com. So I would go to that app to see these Bentleys. And I was real picky. I like white cars. I like light interior. So I had this, you know, my criteria. And I've been looking all this time for a car, Bentley. I never saw one I liked. Plus, it wasn't in my price range anyway. So, but I'm looking. All of a sudden, right after he gives me the idea, guess what? I see a Bentley I like. And it is in the price range I want. So long story short, that's how I got my first Bentley. And you say, well, Pastor, we don't care about that. I'm trying to help you move your, you know, I was in Target. I saw this, this car called a, uh, uh, what was that? Uh, what did I say in the first service? What kind of car? It was a Pacer. How many know what a Pacer car is? Pacer? Pacer. Right, real, that's, that's all? Okay. All y'all over 40, that's why. So this pacer, I saw it in Target. I was like, wow, that's an old car. So I went, got out, I took a picture of it. It was so old. I was telling Landon, Landon, that's a pacer. He didn't know what I was talking about. So anyway, I'm telling you these stories because I'm trying to move some of y'all from having pacer faith over here to Bentley faith. And you know, I know you can do it because I did it. Now listen. We'll close with this. Some of you need to expose your capacity to believe. Go drive the car. Go test drive it. They ain't going to charge you. If they try to charge you, run, Forrest, run. No, give them your driver's license. Just act like you, look, now, don't go up there looking crazy now. Just go in there, you know. And carry yourself with some professionalism and walk up in there and say, Hey, how are you? Hey, I'm great. I'm great. I've been, I've been uh, thinking about purchasing uh, this S550 Mercedes. Uh, do you have any that I could do a test drive with? I just want to make sure it's, it's what I like. Sure. I don't have to buy it to try it. 
Okay, well, let me bring it down. Let's say you got this expensive weave that you want. Oh, my God. <laughs> Put that weave on a, on a vision board. Okay, that's too personal. Okay. <laughs> if you want a baby, find a baby. Put it on the vision board. What am I saying? You expand your capacity to believe by exposure. And I believe that as you expand your capacity to believe by exposing you. Look, look, go to a fine restaurant. Listen, go to the most expensive restaurant. If you can't even afford it, go. And just sit down at the table and order an appetizer. <laughs> sit around there and see how, how wealthy people eat. yourself because if you listen if you see it you can believe it did you get something out of the word today so how do we, how do we apply this inspect what God expects in other words whatever God is expecting on how we do what we do inspect your life to see and make sure that what God expects, you inspect it to make sure your life gets in, in order with that. Number two, adjust your work attitude. Some of you all, you, you had a bad attitude this week. Well, don't let your boss determine your attitude. You do what you do as unto the Lord. Number three, treat other people's stuff like it's your stuff. When I used to work for a church, I ran that church like it was my church. And then number four, expand your exposure. Heads about. Father, thank you for the word. Thank you for those who heard it. Thank you that our ears heard what our spirits needed to hear. Thank you, Father. There are some people in this room, God, that feel stuck. They feel stuck. They feel like they're at a dead end. They, they feel like they just... They're just at a dead end. They feel stuck. But, but God, I hear you telling me to tell them, expose yourself to the next level. Expand your thinking by going beyond where you are. I thank you that our ears have heard the words of faith, and I pray that our hearts have received it so that our minds can conceive it and Lord, I just thank you for harvest time showing up in ways we could not count. In Jesus' name. And with every head bowed, there's some people here and there's some people watching me.